the online community and say, they did not get to hear what you just heard. Because of copyright issues, they were not allowed to hear the music that we just played. Just to let them know, they played a song, and the title is called Santa Claus, Do You Ever Get the Blues? And uh, yes, that is in my very eclectic Christmas queue on Amazon Music. I have a very eclectic Christmas selection of music. And I've been listening to Christmas music for the past three or four weeks because I am in full-on Christmas mode in my shop. And when I'm in the shop, I like to listen to Christmas music when I'm making Christmas presents. It puts me in that mood. And so speaking of being in the full-on Christmas mode, just an FYI, after the 11 o'clock service today, it is going to start looking a lot like Christmas around here. And if you want to come and be a part of the decorating team, everybody is welcome. You can either stay or you can go home and come back at 1230. If you're going to come back, Diane Ryber and her crew, they're going to be here decorating. Diane's going to oversee everything, but she's going to have some pizza and snacks and drinks and everything over in the commons. So if you stay, you get to eat some food, you get to get into the holiday spirit, and you get to serve the church. So think about coming back and doing that. So why do you think, with that song that we played before I came up, why do you think that singer is saying, Santa Claus, do you ever get the blues? More than likely, it's because he wants to know that he is not alone. People who have anxiety and depression oftentimes feel alone. And the singer wants to know that he is not alone. 40 million adults in the United States, 18 and up, suffer from anxiety and depression. And the sad part about it is, is that only 36% of those people seek treatment. That means 64% of the people out there are still struggling with anxiety and depression. Ladies, here's a fact. I'm sorry. Women are twice as likely to suffer from generalized anxiety disorder, panic disorder, social anxiety disorder, obsessive compulsive disorder, and post-traumatic stress disorder than men are. So thinking about all those statistics, you can see why Depression and anxiety is such a serious condition, but it is very treatable. This puts it all into perspective from us. To get relief from it, we have to admit that we're struggling with it. And if you're struggling with a mild form of anxiety and depression, you may not recognize it. But maybe after today's message, you might be able to do that. Depression and anxiety carry with it a very negative social stigma. That's why people are reluctant to share with their friends and family that they're suffering from anxiety and depression, especially Christians, because there's always that one person that says, you have anxiety and depression because you don't have enough faith. Don't ever tell someone that they do not have enough faith, and that's why they have anxiety and depression. I'm a pastor. I have faith that can move mountains. I believe God can do anything, and I have struggled with anxiety, depression, and panic disorder for over 30 years. So I just want you to know that. Untreated anxiety and depression can be debilitating, and this falls into the plan of the enemy. So what are some causes of anxiety and depression? Let's just hit some general ones and see if this kind of hits home for anybody. Work stress or job change. 
Change in living arrangements. Have you moved recently? Here's a condition going around our church lately, pregnancy and giving birth. How about this? Family and relationship problems. Everybody's got a cousin Eddie. Emotional shock following a stressful or traumatic event, PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder. Verbal, sexual, physical, and emotional abuse or trauma. And death or loss of a loved one. And I know several people who are going to experience Thanksgiving and Christmas this year without their loved one for the very first time. Here's for our students out there. Peer pressure, midterms and finals, right around the corner. Graduation from high school, undergraduate, or graduate school. Let's kind of take this stress nationally. Civil unrest and government decisions. Let's take it globally. COVID-19. Why has COVID-19 caused so much stress and anxiety? Because it forced isolation. It forces people into isolation. Now let's get seasonal with it, okay? It gets dark at five o'clock. Who loves that? I don't. Seasonal affective disorder. Visiting relatives at the holidays. Some of you are still traumatized from Thanksgiving. Going into debt for Christmas. Spending at Christmas. How about this one? This one's causing a lot of people anxiety right now. Gaining weight from holiday eating. Get those stretchy pants on, folks. And the list goes on and on and on and on. That's just the tip of the iceberg, folks. That's just some of the things that cause us anxiety and depression. There's not one person in this room or is going to be watching online that is not affected by one or more of just that small list of things that we just talked about. How about this one? Depression and anxiety increases by 64% around the holidays just because of some of those things that were tacked on to that list. You know, I have talked to so many people over the past two weeks that have been struggling with anxiety and depression. That's exactly why God gave me this message for you today, to tell you, you are not alone. I deal with it. I've been dealing with it. So if I have your attention this morning, open up your Bibles to Philippians chapter four. Turn on your electronic devices. We're gonna be in verses six and seven. So God truly understands the pressure that we're under living in this world. That's why God includes verses like we're going to study today. Jesus came into this world and completely understands what we go through. There's a description of Jesus in the Bible that talks about him before he was going to be betrayed and hung on the cross to die. He was in the Garden of Gethsemane, and he asked the disciples to pray all night long with him. And it says he went off by himself, and he prayed. And what does the Bible tell us he did? Sweated drops of blood. That is a real medical condition called hematohydrosis. And it only occurs under times of incredible stress. So Jesus was so stressed out that he sweated drops of blood. He understands what it is to have stress, anxiety. The word of God, the Bible, tells us 365 times, do not be afraid, or some form of that phrase. Why such a specific number? That is a daily reminder for us to not be afraid, to not have anxiety, 
to not get all stressed up. When we focus on the things that stress us out, we get anxiety. When we focus on the anxiety, we can panic. When we focus on the things that cause us anxiety and depression, what's the first thing that we often do? Isolate. We isolate. And that is, falls right into the plan of the enemy. So I want to take our focus off of that. And I want to put our focus on the one who wants to help us, and that is our Heavenly Father. It's our brother, Jesus Christ. So we're going to be in Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. And I, when I first became a believer 17 years ago, I, I came to this church going through a lot of life trauma, and I had a ton of anxiety, panic disorder, and, and depression. And when I read Philippians 4, 6, and 7, I could not believe that God was talking about anxiety. He's talking about exactly what I'm dealing with. And so he began to teach me this verse and what it truly means. And that's what I'm going to share with you today, what God has shown me over the last 17 years. So I'm going to give it to you as I memorized it in the New King James. It says, be anxious for nothing, but in all things, through prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind through Christ Jesus. Now, I really like it in the NIRV. That's the New International Reader's Version, and it says, don't worry about anything. No matter what happens, tell God about everything. Ask and pray and give thanks to him. Then God's peace will wash, watch over your hearts and your minds. He will do this because you belong to Christ Jesus. God's peace can never be completely understood. So let's take this verse. Let's dig into it. Let's dissect this amazing scripture that God has given us. So the first thing it tells us to do is be anxious for nothing. Don't worry about anything. Can you imagine what that would be like? Not worrying about anything. I worry about stuff. I worry about my kids. My wife worries about stuff. I'm sure a lot of you worry about stuff. I can't even imagine. That's easier said than done. Don't worry about anything. Notice this is not written as a suggestion. The Apostle Paul is sharing a command of God. Be anxious for nothing. Don't worry about anything. Why does God command us not to worry? Why does he tell us 365 times? He gives us a daily reminder not to worry. Why? Because he knows exactly what stress and anxiety and depression can do to us emotionally, spiritually, and physically. He did create us. So he knows us better than we know ourselves. So what does stress and worry and anxiety do to us? See if any of you can relate to this. It causes us to overanalyze feelings and thoughts. It can cause us mental and physical exhaustion. Anybody experiencing that? It can negatively impact relationships, self-confidence, and our ability to complete tasks at home, at work, and at school. It causes us to feel short of breath. Anxiety can cause us to feel like our heart is racing. Anxiety can mimic heart attack and stroke you will feel like you're having a heart attack or a stroke. It can cause us to have high blood pressure, and untreated high blood pressure causes devastation to our body. 
It can lower our immune system so much that we are susceptible to cold and flu viruses. Bad to have that happen this time of year. And severe stress, worry, and anxiety can lead to panic disorder so debilitating that we can't even complete activities of daily living. The people that struggle with severe depression won't want to bathe or shower. They won't change their clothes. They won't do the dishes. They won't do the laundry. They won't clean house. They sit with the the shades pulled. And a lot of times they don't get out of bed. That's severe depression. That's why God is so concerned with our mental health. That's why he tells us 365 times, do not worry about anything. Don't be anxious for nothing. So he first gives us a command. It's not a suggestion. Try not to be anxious. Try not to worry about anything. It is a command. I want you to do this. Then we are told we have to do three things. Three things. This is verse 6b but in everything by prayer, supplication, and thanksgiving. The other verse says, um, no matter what happens, tell God about everything, ask, pray, and give thanks to him. So the first thing that we need to do, that we are asked to do, is to pray. We are asked to turn our worries into prayers. What are you stressed about? What's giving you anxiety? What is causing you to be depressed? Start praying over those things. If you struggle with anxiety and depression, this next verse, this needs to be in your arsenal of scriptures. Write this down. Psalm 4, verse 1, my faithful God, answer me when I call out to you. Give me rest from my trouble. Have mercy on me. Hear my prayer. Pray this psalm. Pray this verse. This needs to be part of your prayer. So when Lynette and I, when we are experiencing anxiety and we're having trouble, we're we're worried about something, we're stressed, oftentimes I'll say, let's write out what we're worried about and let's talk about it. So the last time we did this, we wrote everything out. After dinner, we grabbed some pieces of paper and pencil. We wrote down everything that we were worried about. And I said, so what do you think of your list? And she said, well, now that it's out of my head and on paper, I think it's kind of stupid. I said, well, why? She said, well, I wrote down five things. The first thing, God has already worked in this area. I don't even know why I'm still worrying about this area. Exactly. That's why we get it out of our head. The second and third thing, she said, well, I already know God's working in these areas because God's doing this here and God's doing this here. So really, four and five are the ones that we, I need to pray over because I don't see anything happening right then. So already in 10 minutes, we've identified what she's worried about, the things she doesn't have to worry about anymore, the things where God's already working in that situation. So it literally leaves us down to two things that we need to pray over. When it's in your head, it seems like Mount Everest. It seems like something that is unconquerable. But when it's on paper, it's never as big as it is in our head. When you write it out on paper, it gives you the list to pray over. And that's where you need to start. So be specific with your prayers. Write exactly what you are feeling. God already knows it. He wants to hear it from you. Start praying over that list. So we're told that we need to pray. The next thing that we need to do is called supplication or petition. 
Here's a simple definition of supplication. It is the action of asking or begging for something earnestly or humbly. So it's asking earnestly for what we want. God, I really don't want to have anxiety. God, I really don't want to panic in the middle of the grocery store. God, I really don't want to have this stress, this anxiety, this fear, because I feel like I'm going to get stuck here. So unless you help me, I'm going to be stuck in this place, in this over anxiety that goes over and over and it causes me panic. Supplication is making sure that God knows there is an urgency to your prayer, okay? So Mark chapter nine, verse 29, Jesus is having a discussion with his disciples. And the disciples said, Jesus, why couldn't we cast out the unclean spirit? And Jesus said to them, because this one can only be cast out, this this kind can only be cast out through prayer and fasting. So what Jesus is telling the disciples is that sometimes you need to take prayer to the next level for things to happen. Supplication, begging, earnestly asking is taking your prayer to the next level. Sometimes we need to do that. So we pray We are to supplicate, tell God there is an urgency to what we're praying about. And finally, we're told that we need to give thanks. Mark 11, chapter 11, verse 24 says, Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you will have received it, and it will be yours. So we are, when we're praying and we thank God in advance for what he has not done yet, that is a prayer of faith. We are practicing faith, believing that God is going to do something in our situation before he ever does it. So what is faith? A simple definition. Here's three simple definitions of faith. Faith is believing without understanding everything. Faith is trusting God that we don't understand everything. Faith is believing God is going to do something before he ever does it and thanking him in advance. That is what faith is. You know, it's easy to give thanks when things are going great, but it's another animal entirely to give thanks to God when you're going through hell. Now, I heard a pastor say one time, Charles Stanley said this, he said, if you're going through hell, don't pitch a tent and have a pity party. What is that? That's isolation. Don't pitch a tent and have a pity party. Keep moving forward. Keep moving forward. No matter what you're going through, there is always, capital always, something to be thankful for. God wants us to find that thing that we're thankful for and thank him for it in advance before he ever does anything. So thanking God in advance for what he's going to do. Believe that he is going to help you. It may not be exactly the way you want him to answer the prayer, but that is the key to living in God's will is however he chooses to answer your prayer. Even if it's different than what you want, trust that that is the best thing for us because that's what God wants is the best thing for us. So it may be different, and he may answer that prayer differently than what you want to, than you want him to. Trust God that he knows what is best. 
So he gives us a command, be anxious for nothing. Then he tells us we have to do three things. We have to pray, we have to supplicate, and we have to give thanks. But then God tells us exactly what he's gonna do if we do those things. So Philippians 4, 7, and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding is gonna guard our heart and mind through Christ Jesus. Here it is in the NIRV. Then God's peace will watch over your hearts and your minds and he will do this because we belong to Christ Jesus. God's peace can never be completely understood. What is the peace of God? What is the peace that surpasses all understanding? It is having a peaceful feeling when that is the last thing that you should be feeling. It's to have peace in a situation that is not peaceful. The peace of God is different than the world's peace. The peace of God only comes from God. It's not having just a good feeling. You can't find it in the absence of conflict. The peace of God comes in the midst of conflict, comes in the midst of our anxiety and our fear. It comes from trusting God to work everything out in a way that is best for you in your situation. Um, Here's a commentary from one of my teaching Bibles. I wanna read this to you. It says, inner calm or tranquility is promised to the believer who has a thankful attitude based on unwavering confidence in God and willing that he's willing to do what is best for you in your situation. Getting the peace that surpasses our understanding comes from having an unwavering faith that God is going to help us. I don't know about you, but I want the peace that surpasses all understanding. I want the peace of God. I don't want to have anxiety. I don't want to be depressed. I don't want to have a panic disorder. I want the peace that surpasses all understanding. Wednesday night, if you weren't here, we had the best Thanksgiving service that we have ever had, I think, here at New Life. This place was packed. There were twice as many people as they're here now. It was amazing. And we sang this song, and the song is called, I Speak Jesus. And literally, it washed over me a piece that surpasses all understanding. It was incredible. I want to read some of the words to you from that song, some of the lyrics. I just want to speak the name of Jesus over fear and all anxiety. To every soul held captive by depression, I speak, Jesus. Your name is power. Your name is healing. Your name is life. Break every stronghold. Shine through the shadows. Burn like the fire. Shout Jesus from the mountains. Jesus from the streets. Jesus in the darkness over every enemy. Jesus for my family. I speak the holy name of Jesus. And I just got goosebumps on my arms. And the hair on my head is standing up. And don't laugh because I do have hair on my head. You just can't see it. Literally, praying the name of Jesus, it gives us a peace that is supernatural and is truly unexplainable. And I love that. God promises to give us peace to calm our hearts, reduce our stress, and to slow down our overactive thinking. So how does God plan to do this? What is he gonna do to give us a peace that surpasses all understanding? He's gonna guard our heart and minds through Christ Jesus. He will watch over our hearts and minds. Why does he say that? Where does the enemy want to attack us? Our mind. He wants us to think, stinking thinking. It's what he wants us to do. 
If he can infect our minds, he can cause us stress and anxiety. But if he can cause us to have stress and anxiety long enough, those thoughts don't just cause us stress. They become what we believe. He wants us to believe his lies. So what are some of the common lies of the enemy? Here's some common lies of the enemy. You can't trust God. You have to do things on your own. You don't have to worry about sin. Sin's really no big deal. It's too hard to change, so why even try? You must, you must be good enough for God's grace, and you are not good enough. Your past defines you, and God will never use somebody like you. Those are lies of the enemy. To get over this, we have to identify the lies of the enemy and we have to replace it with the truth of God. Because if the enemy can affect our hearts, he can, he can control our actions. And the first thing that he does is he isolates us from any place or any person where we could get the truth. Here's the truth. Those were the lies of the enemy. Here's the truth. John 10, 10. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. He wants to steal, kill, and destroy your life. But Jesus says he has come to give you life and give it to the full. Anxiety and stress and depression can, can rule our lives. We work our lives around those things. That's the enemy. He wants to control us with those thoughts. Jesus wants to set our thoughts free so that we can live life to the full. That's God's promise to us. So we must trust that God is going to help so for the last part of this message, I just want to be very honest with you. I want to share some things. And like I mentioned earlier, I've struggled with anxiety and depression and panic disorder for over 30 years. Long before I became a believer. Believe it or not, I came to this church 17 years ago as a non-believer. And God has dramatically changed my life. You know, and I struggle with this for a long time. And it... it I tell you this because I don't want you to feel alone. You're not alone. If you're dealing with anxiety and depression, you're not alone. I understand what you're going through. You're not going through this by yourself. There's 40 million Americans that deal with this too. Half of the people in this room, I guarantee you're identifying with this message. That's why God gave it to me to give to you today. There's nothing worse than feeling like you are all alone. And that's exactly what the enemy wants you to feel. You're not alone. I deal with this all the time. And let me say something again. Please, don't ever tell someone that they have anxiety and depression because they don't have enough faith. That is a faith killer. You want to kill somebody's faith? Say that line. No, faith is one of my spiritual gifts. I believe God can do anything. I trust this verse. I live this verse out in my life. God gave me this verse probably 16 years ago and I've been living it out ever since. This message is part of my testimony to share with you. I use this verse all the time. But I have a long family history of depression. That tells me that the normal stress of this world is not just why I experience depression. I have a pre 
disposition to it because it's part of my family history. I lost my sister who was my best friend to cancer. That's stress, that's trauma. My wife and I lost a son three years ago to alcohol, abuse. That's trauma that sticks with us and wants to cause us anxiety and depression. The enemy wants us to focus on those things, but God doesn't. He wants us to free our thoughts from that. Here's some medical causes of depression. See if any of this resonates. Heart disease, diabetes, hypo and hyperthyroidism, respiratory disorders, drug abuse and withdrawal, alcohol abuse and withdrawal, chronic pain. There are certain tumors that cause an erratic production of hormones in our body that predispose us to have anxiety and depression. Prolonged illness, family history, and physical, emotional, and verbal abuse. It's not just the stressors of this world causing these people anxiety and depression. This puts you at a predisposition to experience anxiety and depression. Remember what Mark 9, 29 said. It said that this kind can only come out through prayer and fasting. Jesus is saying, sometimes you need to take your prayer life to a different level to get results. Well, I'm telling you, faith sometimes is just not enough. You have to have faith. But I need my primary care physician. I take a medication for depression and for anxiety. Does that mean I don't have faith? Absolutely not. My faith means I trust God that he provided my primary care doctor for that purpose. I see a counselor. I talk to a counselor every two weeks, especially during the winter because I don't like it getting dark at five o'clock. It causes me depression. So I trust that God brought my counselor to me. He's a fabulous Christian guy. He's a great friend of mine and he is an integral part of my holistic care. Faith is part of my holistic care. My primary care physician is part of my holistic care. My counselor is part of my holistic care. If you can identify with one or any of the things that we've talked about here today and you don't see a counselor, get a counselor, start talking to them. It's amazing. Sometimes we have to get to the root of the issue to really learn how to deal with what's causing us stress and depression. That's what I had to do. You know, there's a story in the Bible that helps me do my job better. And it's this. When Jesus found out that John the Baptist had been beheaded, he wanted to go and be by himself. He wanted to grieve because John was his first cousin. He was grieving for the loss of his cousin. And the scripture tells us that he got into a boat and he went across the lake. And when he got there, people had heard he was coming, so they met him there. And the scripture tells us that he was moved with compassion for them. So he set aside what he wanted to do. He set aside his grieving to help those who came. And the scripture tells us that he healed them, he healed their sick, and he fed them. Well, if I'm going through a life trauma or I'm having a terrible day and I come to work, I don't have a luxury of saying to you, I don't wanna to talk to you today. I'm having my own issues. I have to set my feelings and thoughts aside to help you. I have to do what Jesus did. 
to help you. I have to set my anxiety aside to stand up here and give you the message that God wants me to give you. But that's why I have a counselor. That's why I talk to somebody so that I have someone that I can vent to. My counselor says this, even counselors need counselors. He says, I have a counselor. So if you don't see a counselor, I would completely recommend it. Go and find somebody to talk to. If you struggle with anxiety and depression, I want you to understand that I know what you're going through. If you don't struggle with anxiety and depression, I'm really happy for you, but I guarantee you know someone who does. I want you to share this message with them. I want you to share hope with them. They just need to find hope in that darkness. Let me finish with this. I just want to speak the name of Jesus over every heart and every mind because I know there is peace in his presence. I speak Jesus. I speak Jesus over all of you who are experiencing anxiety and depression right now, especially around the holidays. I speak Jesus to anybody that's going to tune in online today or this week. I speak Jesus over you. None of you are alone. I go through this too. I just want you to have hope. Stop believing the lies of the enemy and start believing the truth of Jesus Christ, that he has come to give you life and give it to you to the full. Let's pray together. God, thank you so much for this message. This message speaks to my heart and I know it speaks to the heart of those that are listening. God, I pray right now the name of Jesus over everybody that is dealing with anxiety and depression. God, that you would wash over them the peace that surpasses all understanding. Have it well up in their soul. Come straight from the Holy Spirit and give them peace. Guard their heart and their mind through Christ Jesus. Protect them from the arrows of the enemy. Help them to set aside the lie of the enemy and trust the truth of your word. God, I thank you so much in advance for what you're gonna do for each and every person here. Thank you in advance for how you're gonna use this message, God, to bring hope to everybody who's experiencing anxiety, depression, especially at this time of the year. I just thank you, God. It's in your name we pray, amen.